Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. Lots to go over today. But we'd like to start off, like every episode, thanking our sponsors. I'd like to take the time to thank Sabretooth. If you go to sabretooth.com, you can save 10% using code WH for all your power carving needs. Uh, burrs, discs, all of it. I use them. You should, too. And I will take a moment to thank our sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply, your one-stop shop for makers, your home for abrasives, steel, tools, and more. Save on shipping by getting everything from one supplier. You can find him at maritimeknifesupply.com and .ca. We also have Chapman Manufacturing. If you want to get a fancy set of screwdrivers, a one-stop shopping with all the bits in one unique carrying case, check out Chapman Manufacturing, made Proudly right here in the U.S. of A. So what's up, man? Oh, so much. I've been so busy. <laughs> so wall busy. behind you looks like you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's getting there. It's getting there. All decorated in my laser laboratory. But yeah. <laughs> you need a sign that says that now. I'm going to put it on the door. Laser lab. Yeah. A- AKA the uh, adrenaline dumpatorium, as some people have dubbed it. Oh, nice. With the pipe that runs right, right through it. <laughs> Whatever, it works. Yeah. But yeah, I've been uh, messing around with my 3D printer. I've been messing around with my laser. I've been doing stuff out in the shop. I've been a busy, busy guy. Yeah, I saw you were messing with, you did some stuff there with uh, your laser on a live there the other night. It looked pretty cool. You figured out some of your color issues you were having? Uh I'm making progress, but that is a, uh, it's not something I'm after at the moment. So when I have downtime and I'm at the computer doing something, I will fire up a grid pattern, but I bought a focus stick. I was going to make one, but, uh, this one's adjustable, which is pretty cool. And it comes with these different, like different rods in it. So when I buy different lenses for it, I, I can set it up and just have one for everything uh in a nice tight small package so i bought it it's made out of like hdpe and stuff and uh then like once you find focus it makes it really easy to reset focus on every piece and i think being off on focus was why i was getting the wrong color issues or inconsistent color um i haven't gotcha. dialed it in just yet but i'm getting there uh I was live with Joey Steelblade. He does on Friday nights. I popped in there, dropped a bunch of fiber knowledge on the kids, you know? (laughs) What little I know, being an influencer. I see I influenced Dave Miller to buy a bunch of stuff on Friday night when I was in there. (laughs) Poor guy. I kept spending his money. Oh, buy this, buy that. I I just kept sending him links because he was on. Yeah, I saw that. I I was laughing along with his... um, I don't know if influence would be the the word. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what it would be. Keeping up with the Joneses, maybe? Oh, it kind of felt, <laughs> for lack of a better term, felt like bullied. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he wants to keep up, he's got to buy what I got, you know? Yeah. Now, uh, he is a gentleman out in California who got a... Fiber laser. I mean, he has a fiber laser at work, but he got one for his house right around the same time I got mine. He got his like a week later, um, but he got a higher wattage from Home Tech. Okay. Um, so it's basically the same machine, just a little more powerful. 
And I was joking with him. Uh, he sent me, oh, I ordered this, I ordered that, oh, on Saturday morning. So <laughs> I wrote him back. I said, if only I had a 60 watt, we could be twins. And then I sent him a gif of uh, uh, the, the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, yeah, I guess is it Danny DeVito. Yeah. He laughed at that. I thought that was funny. But yeah, uh, it's coming along. I've been practicing on brass because I want to do some stuff in brass. So I was practicing uh, Friday on brass stuff, Thursday night and Friday, um, which I have brass dialed in now. I can get a deep etch if I want. So it's getting there. I got my air assist all set up for it. Um, the only thing is I'm using a, I don't know how to say it, a Pache or whatever airbrush compressor, and it's just so loud. And I think it's overkill for what I need. So out in the shop, I have a couple of the like old fish tank ones or like the um, like the cheaper ones people buy for the diode lasers that just put out a little bit of air. Gotcha. And those things are whisper quiet. So um, I may try one of those just because this thing in this little room just humming away. It's like I don't even want to be in here. But I can see the brass moving like the brass dust moving. So it, it's doing its job pretty good, but I want to, uh, I want to make sure that it's not overkill. Cause at one point I set it up, it was just a little brass tag and I wasn't lasering yet, but I was moving that airbrush thing around the air nozzle around. And when it got air under it, it lifted the brass up. So that's probably too much air. That's a lot of air. Yeah. So it was just like tapping on the, on the base of the, thing so but when i got that situated i ran a couple pieces in brass and i was most pleased with the results oh that's cool yeah ah yes making some dog tags yeah well yeah that's the stock i bought so (laughs) but i have a couple cool projects coming up for brass so i want to get my settings dialed in so i get a nice clean etch on those oh and i bought a new chair for the laser laboratory did you see that i don't think so yeah, so I bought I bought a pair of them, but I'm only working on one, um, just because the guy was selling two. But I wanted a vintage stool, like shop stool, for in here, and like I have a bar stool now that I'm sitting on, but there's no back to it. So when we sit here for two hours on the podcast, it gets uh, it's a little rough. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. So I was looking for an old shop stool, like one with a back, you know. Yep. And I found these two that are old operator, like telephone operator. Chairs. Oh, okay. So they are, uh, they have that vintage look and they, they go up and down, but you have to spin them to make them go up and down, which is fine because I hate the hydraulic stuff in them, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, I have a hydraulic one for my office chair and it's old now and I'll be working throughout the day and then all of a sudden I'll just start slowly creeping down and then I have to lift it back up. <laughs> They're cheap and they leak. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm, uh, I repainted it. It was brown and teal or something, and it had some bad upholstery on it. So I used some scrap leather I had. I reupholstered the back and leather. Gave it a paint job. Uh, I'm working on that now. Um, so, yeah. Sounds it's, like uh, fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's quick. You know, it's a quick project, two-day <laughs> project. Like quick, yeah, sounds like a quick one. The only problem is I'm having with it, and it's really driving me insane, is the casters that were on it are like the old school casters. So mm. it's only a quarter inch shank and I'm having a hard time finding a quarter inch shank caster. Oh yeah. And most would be like three eighths, wouldn't they? Or seven sixteenths is what I'm finding. 
Oh, okay. So I am struggling with that. I may just put feet on it because obviously this room's small enough. I don't need it on wheels. It would be nice on wheels. Yeah. I don't need it on wheels. But I can get, I got the casters out of the old one, but I can't get the, I don't know what you call it, the, I guess the female end, like that's stuck in the tube of the chair. I oh, can't okay. get those yeah, out. There's like an insert. There's yeah. an insert or something in there. Yeah. And I was afraid of damage in it. So uh, we had real nice weather here on Saturday. It was like 60 degrees. So, I figure if I'm going to paint it, let me paint it today. So I painted it Saturday. And now to get those out, I don't know if they're welded in or what, but I don't want to destroy the tube trying to get these things out. So I think I'm just mm-hmm. going to figure out a way to put feet on it and just be done with it, you know, like a wooden foot or something. Hmm. Be interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like like the inside race of it looks like a ball bearing, but the outside looks like it's like almost like tacked into the tube. I don't know if it was spot welded in or what, but they weren't budging. And then I started to damage the tube trying to like yank it out. And I'm like, well, I can work with it if it's in there. Gotcha. But if I damage the tube, then I have to shorten the stool. And <laughs> I know I'm pretty short, but I don't need a stool to be shortened. Yeah, I got you. So I don't know what to do, but that's the last hurdle I have to figure out. The chair's all painted. I started assembling it, but, um, May do a little bit of what I want to do for make what you fear on it. So we'll see what happens. With something like that, could you possibly machine that down if you had the like the foot? Like if you took the the bigger shanked ones and then machine it down to do what you want to do? Probably. So that you could end up with you'd end up with wheels on a like a quarter inch shank or whatever. Yeah. I don't have an operational metal lathe and that's true too. <laughs> I don't know how um, I don't know how to get the shaft off of one of those cheap casters, right? Aren't they like uh, pressed in or fitted in, like uh, almost riveted in? So, like, if I take it off of there, how am I going to put it back and make it work right? Do yeah. I just put it in a lathe with the wheel spinning on the opposite side and then cut it down? I could do that, I guess, but I don't. I don't yeah, think. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to look at what you had for material what what you ended up getting. I mean, it'd be something off the internet, so who knows what you'd get. Um, yeah, be something to look at anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I got to figure it out. Yeah, most things today would probably be pressed and pressed, or the or just glued in. So probably the second you break it apart, you're just you're counting counting the days till it breaks again. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could fabricate a whole new piece or or cut it off and weld on a a quarter inch stud. Yeah, that will work too. I didn't think about that. Maybe that's what I'll do. Hmm. There, problem solving at its finest. Still didn't finish fix anything. <laughs> no, I mean for now, I could quickly make uh, a couple round feet for it. You know, um, that wouldn't be hard. So yeah, I got you. But the like the like the seat part of the chair, uh, I did a quick refinish on it, but it's caning. It's got caning in there. So I want to recane it because the caning's not perfect, but I also want to use this chair like tomorrow. So I just quick did it because I can't find the caning pattern that I want yet. I did a couple quick searches on Saturday to try and find it. And uh, so that's what you did on your um, bandsaw, the, the caning. Is that like? No, that's lace work. Oh, okay. So what's caning then? 
caning is like a it's like a rattan. You've seen it on like the old chairs. It's like the rattan that's woven. Oh, okay, I got you. Like you do it. Well, you wet. see it on a lot of wicker. Yeah, some people call it wicker, but it's not wicker. It's caning. Like if it's just like one thin layer of it. Yeah. That's caning, called caning, and then it. Would yeah, I'm just used to seeing them on wicker chairs. I guess, like that would be your base for the your seat for a wicker chair. A lot of times. Yeah, I mean, most wickers just wicker, like yeah. a wicker pattern, uh, or, or at least what I'm thinking of for a wicker chair, um, like this. Yeah, I got you. I, I know where you're. I know where you're at. Yeah. So most of the patterns that are out there today have like the hole in it. And this caning that's in the chair is what I like. There is no hole. It's just woven rattan. Okay. And uh, I'm not about ready to weave my own. So so (laughs) I don't care about this chair that much. Gotcha. So I just, uh, I quick gave it a a paint job around the caning. And I left the old caning in because it's still good. It's just old looking. Um and I got to do some research as to where you can buy the sheets of caning. I mean, I can find it, but just not in the pattern I want. But I know it's out there, so I'll find it. And uh, maybe I'll have a caning project in my future. Maybe. It could be fun. And I ordered material for the remake of that pizza peel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Apparently, I'm going to be the pizza peel guy. Yeah, that could What's be that? interesting. I said yeah. that could be interesting. If there's a market for high-end pizza peels. <laughs> that I don't know. Um, it's yeah. hard to compete when you can buy a pizza peel at uh, the local Target for 20 bucks. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you want. I want the finer things in life, Tony. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to sell the finer <laughs> things in life. Yeah, I got you there. I knocked out a couple dog tags this week for some people on the old fiber laser. That's always fun. Seems like you've been busy. <laughs> so I said I have been busy. Yeah. Well, so have I actually this week. What have you been up to? Well, I've given you a few sneak peeks and I gotta actually do up a, a post here at some oh, point. Oh, I didn't know if we were talking about this project yet. Oh no, we're talking about it. <laughs> um so this is this will be my make what you fear project. It's a I think we talked about it a bit. Yeah, we it have. was coming, but um yeah i've actually started it this is this is rare usually it's you know four or five more weeks before i start it <laughs> and uh anyways i've got i've got it stripped down pretty good the the uh birch cookie and okay. what once i got looking at it remember how i said i thought it was two or three trees Well, let's bring it back before we get into okay. the details of it you're doing a birch cookie but what is it for for those who may not have listened. So the, the intent, it's going to be a coffee table. It's quite large. It's 44 one way. And Ooh. then it, on its widest, it's about 33 or 36, I think, somewhere. It's it's pretty big. And then uh, I got it from her, her buddy Nick at uh, um, NB, NB Wood, Wood Finery. Yeah, NB Wood Finery. And uh, I've had it. I think um, probably almost as probably almost as long as we've had this podcast going. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so it's well acclimatized to my house. So (laughs) I was worried when I first got at it because it it felt like there was parts of it that were loose and that might have to be like uh, I might have to do some like bow ties or something to tie it together. 
Right. And I don't know if it like shrunk up while it was in the house more so than what it was. And the thing is like, I've flipped it a million times at this point. Like I'm, uh, it was probably just green. Probably still uh, wet. Well, they had, they had kiln. I don't know if he kiln dried it, but they had dried it some anyways. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely very solid at this point. And I've got, uh, most of the bark out of it. And that's what I was saying that the, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the bark off of it and I'm not going to fill it, backfill it with anything. Right. Um, but that's when I got really looking at the piece. It's got, it looks like there's like three trees. You can see the the heartwood of three separate trees. Three trunks. Yeah. So you can see where they all came together and then where they came together in spots, uh, bark got encased or trapped in between. So that's part of, that's been the biggest chore of of uh getting that thing cleaned up is you get trying your old to trusty ice pick in there getting it out if i had one <laughs> you don't have one i do not own i do not own one uh, um, rojas yeah call him Some, up someday he makes them for some guy i don't know yeah, jim or james that. something yeah. like that i don't know no i've got to i've got to pick up some uh some more tooling to get that uh, probably some sort of pick for sure um you know what yeah. I like uh, and what I, I've always had in my toolbox since uh, I worked at the furniture store um, is the mechanics picks. Have you ever yep. seen those? They, uh, it's It's got like that hook on it. Yeah, depending. Yeah, I have. Not I a hook, had bend in it, you know? Yeah, I've had a set of those in the past, but they were really cheap and I, I think they wouldn't last doing this. But they're meant to, to work like, pull o-rings and stuff off right yeah so i had ones that it one went up and then like kicked off to one side and then came back almost like a fire poker and Hmm. like had a flat top to it another one had came up and then did a loop like there and then there was a straight one and i think there was another one that came up like kicked 45 and then kicked 45 back and it just that's all it was was just kicked out just a little bit so they get into tighter spots i think yeah, when I worked at the furniture store, the owner gave me a set, uh, and the other guy that worked with me in the warehouse, and uh, I have lost all but one of them. You know, he used to be a uh, Harley mechanic, so he had a bunch of them, and he gave oh, us a set. That. And the only one I have left is one side of straight, and then one side has a little bend in it, like a little. Oh, so they had one bend. on either. Yeah, the ones I have are they've got a single handle with. They don't. They only have the one. The one head to them, or one point. Oh, yeah, these are all two-sided. Gotcha. I set off the Alexa. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun little project. It's been surprisingly... It, it was easy. <laughs> it was easy in some ways and then surprisingly <laughs> difficult in others. So... I've been busting Tony's balls all week. Yeah. Because <laughs> I keep saying, yeah. Woodworking's real work. <laughs> well, I'm I'm to the point like well I'm past that point now. But I was using a I had a I think I have an inch and a half chisel, an inch chisel, and a three quarter inch chisel, and they're in pretty good shape. Big but they're chisels. not. Yeah, they're not very like they're wood chisels, but they uh, I was using the chisels to take off the outer bark and to get work into the middle the stuff in the center but yeah i got to the point where the like the that 
center of your hand where the chisel, the end of the chisel sits was getting pretty rough. Like I worked on it Friday and Saturday. I probably know what they say, Tony, blacksmiths have soft hands. Do we? I didn't think so. I didn't think so either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I don't blacksmith. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So just the like the center of my hand was it's sore right now touching it. So I should stop touching it. <laughs> yeah, it hurts whenever I touch right here. Stop yeah. touching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's just been a struggle. I'm trying to get it like I'm a perfectionist in a way because i'm like i want to get it to look perfect but then i get picking away at stuff and i i had uh some wire wheels i was using and that seemed to speed things that actually sped things up quite a bit they just don't get into the finer little nooks and crannies so um yeah i'm just like trying to take my time i'm trying to keep as much of the character of the wood as i can versus like just flattening everything and like having no contour or shape to it because i mean that's that's the point of that piece is to have have that right that live edge part of it and then i started on that sled um oh how's that going uh i need to i need to pick up i need to pick up the uh the router so i can figure out the dimensions of the sled because depending on the base plate of the router will change the sled size so um, I need to do that. What else was there? Do you have a router yet? No, I don't. That's what I was saying. I need to pick one up. I don't know if you were going to buy one dedicated to this. Um, kind of yes, kind of no. I mean, it's enough work that I don't really want to borrow because if I wreck it, <laughs> I end up owning, like I end up owning one anyways. Right. Um, so yeah, I was thinking if I just picked up a new one, um, trying to sort out i was talking to lil about it tonight i said i was thinking about getting one that just has the micro adjustment and that's it but then the more i look at it like everybody i see that's running that style like running that flat using those uh like a flattener like that generally uses one that's got the plunge so you can drop it you've got more throw with the your router bit yeah i don't know i mean for how little you would work i'd hate to see you spend a lot of money on like a fancy plunge base router. Yeah, I was looking at it here. The what was it? Um, Ryobi has one, a corded one, and that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking of going corded because like trim router be what I could probably do it, but I'd, I'd probably just destroy one trying to do all that work. I wouldn't use a trim router for that. Yeah, and I mean, if it was a really small, if it was a small piece, I would. But yeah, this but for this how thing big it is, is, this thing is yeah um you also have to remember the size bit you can buy for a trim router and then yeah it'd be different um so yeah i was looking at the one with just as the micro adjustment was i think it was like 120 bucks and then the one that was had the plunge base was uh we think it was 180 but ryobi yeah they're ryobi ones how much is it to go up to like a Bosch from that? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look. Ryobi will work just fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. I was thinking about the plunge one because of, remember how we talked offline about the uh, 
like I want to keep as much thickness as I can in the in the piece. So I was just going to route the uh, the base, like the the yeah. bottom side for the the whatever the base plate of the legs that I get. Yeah. So I think the plunge would work better for that, would it not? It would. So it would. I mean, a plunge base just allows you. To, I mean, I don't know if you need a plunge or not. I'd have to think about that. I don't think you would. Um, I mean, yeah, it would no, make it I mean, nice and easier, but to go up for an extra fifty dollars for one project, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Once I once I get going, and I mentioned the, I started this project, and I mentioned about the 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 two the two different routers, and I mentioned to to Lil about them. She, I pretty much ever sold on getting the the plunge one. Go for it then. <laughs> You're not going to go wrong with it, you know? And you'll find uses to have, like once you have a router, um, you'll find uses to use it every day. I mean, don't be like me and own seven of them. But uh, yeah, because there's a two, yeah, Ryobi's got a two horsepower for me up here. It's about a buck 80. And then they do show a Bosch here that, but it's like, it's 200. Uh, Two and a quarter horse. It's three hundred bucks, and oh, it's on sale. Ryobi, right Ryobi all day. Then, yeah, I had a Ryobi for years, and uh, I gave it to the makerspace. But um, it came with a table and everything, and it worked out great. You know, a plug-in Ryobi, but it was the old school blue style. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything I see here has been, yeah. It's 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 another fifty to a hundred bucks. It's not worth it to get that next. It's not worth it. If you had Harbor Freight, I'd say even go buy a Harbor Freight one. Yeah, I got you. Because in theory, you only need it for one. And then since you're not a woodworker, you could get away with having a, um, uh, what do you call it, trim router? Yeah, I got you. Because a lot of the stuff I would do after that is probably probably trim work. Yeah. Um, you can get a plunge basin one that's like a one horse, like the mid-size ones. I don't know if Ryobi makes one. In between uh, a, a palm and a yeah, they're not rabbit. showing anything, anything in that size for Ryobi, and then anything at Home Depot, anyways. That I'm looking at here, I haven't really dug into it too much, but um, like the one horse, oh, there's a one horse Bosch here for 160, but it's it's saying it's a palm router, so it'd be a, yeah, you don't want that. So yeah, anything over, anything over that horse and a half kind of thing is of any other brand is like over 200 bucks so yeah the one i have is the i have the bosch 1617 i have two of those okay um i like it i bought one brand new and then one um one it just came to me you know how they do and uh (laughs) just followed me home yeah if i was gonna see you between now and the end of make what you fear i would just give it to you but it's not worth me shipping it to you no. Um, another thing I was going to ask before I forget, because I will forget. Um, router bit. Yeah. Where would you like any? Where would I, I go like tools today. Okay. See what uh, see what they're shipping to Canada is like. Um, yeah. I mean, if if you're going to get a slab flattening bit, you're, you're going to want the bigger router because then you can put a half inch shank in there. And then when you yeah, tighten that up, you. you'll feel a little more secure than a quarter inch shank on a big bit like that. Yeah, I've been looking at, um, like, Amazon has a few things there, but 
I just, I don't know what I'm buying. I, I don't know if like some of the bits are a hundred bucks and they're, you know, two or whatever inches wide, but I just, uh, I worry that I'm just buying crap. Well, before you buy a two and a half inch wide bit, make sure yeah. that the router you have can go slow enough to run that bit safely. Yeah, I, got, I, I knew there was there's some concerns that way too. Um, uh, I think yeah, I'll have to do some more research. Anyways, that's that's half the battle here. I mean, you can do it. It just takes longer. You could do it with a three quarter inch straight bit. You know. Yeah, I've seen a few people do that, and I'm hoping. Uh, the more I look at it, I think the piece is not as, I don't know. It's hard to tell right now. The table it's on isn't the best, but well, like I said, I started making that jig and what I've got it is two halves are like, um, it's like probably 16, 18 inches wide of MDF three quarter MDF. So it's pretty stout and then I'll have rails on either side of it. So it's two pieces that'll be able to open up to accommodate this bigger slab and then i can tie them down to the bench or whatever and and uh have everything solid and then um and then have then uh, i have mdf for the side rails and then the the bed that it's gonna the not the bed the track that the router is gonna sit in i've got plywood for that i've got some old scrap plywood that i'm gonna use for that but i'm trying to work my way through all that stuff right now are you going to do it where uh, the router moves on that plywood, or are you just going to do long enough plywood so you can just move the whole get-up? I don't have the space to move the whole get-up. Like, if okay. I were to pull it into the center of the basement, maybe. Um, but Make sure you wax that plywood, then. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I probably will, yeah, i probably do the one where it moves just because space. It's easier, yeah. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping that the piece isn't so far out of whack that I have to like, you know, route the whole thing down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, get one side flat. Yeah. Right. Which should be pretty easy. Cause if you get that, so it's not rocking on the bed, like if you have a pretty flat surface, you're going to go on like a workbench, mm. a known flat surface. And you put that cookie down on it, right. It's going to rock and twist. So get yourself some shims and a hot glue gun, right. And glue it in place to where it's not shifting anymore. But before you glue it, make sure that you're as level as possible to that top surface. If you want to keep it as thick as you can, right? Mm. If you level out the top, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Get it real level and then just get it to where that bit just kisses every part of it. Like just go down a little bit in micro adjustments. Gotcha. Until it kisses all the way across, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking about taking big bites. So Then the... And then the underside, right? When you turn that over, you can put it down on that flat workbench without any shims or anything, and it should lay flat, right? Right. Yep. No. I then would. all you have to do is go to the areas where you want to put your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Level that's, that. that's hopefully the plan, <laughs> and that'll make it coplanar to the the top side. So yeah, they'll regardless match. of how that underside looks. Obviously, you're going to sand it smooth and not leave all the saw marks in it, but it, it doesn't have to be flat. But yeah at least the mounting surface of where those legs are going to go are flattened parallel to the, uh, the top. Yeah. It'll make the, make it sit, sit right when it's on the, correct on the floor. Especially if you're using a hairpin, a hairpin leg, cause there's no adjustment to that. 
yeah so, no it's got to be it's got to be it's right gotta be perfect yeah so that's what i'm thinking well i was also talked a little bit about maybe doing some sort of center stand um that would be cool on that piece yeah um but it, i got it, some ideas for you yeah uh if i do center stand it'll still be metal yeah um i got some ideas for you yeah i can, I can tell it's just over there bouncing <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that would be uh, a nice addition to the way that piece looks is to have one center post coming down. Yeah. So, and then uh, I guess I kind of add to all my, my workshop stuff that I've been doing for the, uh, for the basement. I've, <laughs> I was telling you, Keith, but I'll tell everybody else. I mentioned before that I had a, a chop saw that wouldn't cut straight. Yeah. And um, anyways, so I put a new, I, I had... Um, I had a blade for it. I had a new blade for it. I hadn't put it in yet. And then I was like, well, I should do that. And so I put it in and then I got messed around. I had some scrap plywood here and I was doing the, I did the, or at least my, what I thought was the version of it. Like you, they say, if you cut do four cuts and make a square, you should be all four sides should be right. Um, um, 90 to each other. I did that and it worked with the new blade. And then I realized what I was doing different was I wasn't because of the new blade. I was kind of being more cautious because I didn't want to damage it. And I was being easier and I was, so it's a sliding miter, I guess I'm confusing yeah. myself as I say this, but it was a sliding miter. So before I would just like kind of just jam it in and then, and then go and it, w- it would shift the wood and it would, I think it was bowing the, uh, the saw blade. Like it, was, it wasn't like, destroying the saw when i was doing this but it just never seemed to cut right and so i tried it with this new blade and maybe the blade's just better quality that helps too but everything i did with this new blade came out straight perfect so everything like i had a little quick square there that i grabbed and i was comparing everything came out square so i was very happy even my like the biggest problem i had before was the angled stuff anything if i was beveling or just doing an angle on the flat um everything came out funky with that and then with this new blade seemed to help quite a bit and i fired up my old beast of a table saw (laughs) it actually still cut straight um i think scares the bejesus out of me though i don't like table saws they could make it run quieter i think i'd be less scared (laughs) scared of it the thing just screams it's like, oh, it's like, I want to eat your fingers. <laughs> it's like, it just wants to kill me. That's all I can think of when it's, when that thing's going. Yeah. Well, the one good thing is it saves me at least from buying another miter saw. I think the miter saw I have is fine. I'm sure it's fine. And for what I do and the amount I have used it, it's probably just perfect. But I still think the table saw will have to go at some point. But I'm kind of thinking I'm going to try to build a table for like a base for it to bring it up. Right. Cause right now I'm using it on the floor, which oh. actually is way more secure than what I was trying to do before. Is it one of those DeWalt table saws? Uh, no, it's a master craft, like a Canadian tire thing up here. Um, yeah. but it's one of those, jo- it's a job site one. Yeah. Having a dedicated base to that is going to change your world. Yeah, so something something like that, uh, probably on wheels, so they can bring it out into the center, so I can 
you know, use and, you know, rip bigger pieces and stuff. I, as a guy who leaves his on wheels all the time, I suggest getting the wheels that go down the feet. Oh, the kick to feet. Okay. Yeah. Because mine is on wheels and, uh, it's just sitting on a, uh, cause I'm lazy and don't take it off of there. It's sitting on a, um, dolly, like a furniture dolly. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that wouldn't it's, be good. Yeah, it's not, it's not good, but I haven't bought a, um, like one of those like wheel around things. And as you know, I have to move my table saw if I want to use it. So, yeah. Uh, the, uh, I, I, every time I use it, I'm like, man, I should just go inside and order that <laughs> kick so, down feet thing. So that's the thing. So that table saw that, I, or not table saw, the band saw that I bought, Christ, almost two years ago now. Um, it has one of those where it has a, a frame that sits underneath it and you step on one side and it kicks kicks yeah. wheels under and then it tips the other side up so it catches a set of wheels and then you can move it around that way. That's coming down here at some point too. I gotta I wanna move that down here. So if you're building a base for your table so you don't have to buy that whole frame. You can just buy the ones that bolt onto the side of the leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all sure. four legs and you just press it down and it goes on wheels. I have that for my anvil stand, I have it for my like one of my workbenches. Yeah. So I can walk over, I kick all four corners and then it's up on wheels. That's what my CNC is on. Um, but the table saw, I need that base and they're like 200 bucks and I just haven't done it. Yeah. I think I'm just going to build something out of two by four for the yeah. base and um, make it solid. Yeah. I mean, if you're building it, you may even want to build like a little outfeed part for it too. I've thought about that too. Cause that, that's my biggest issue with the table saw is like, yeah, it's a job site saw. It's not, I know it's not really meant to to rip plywood and stuff. Like not big sheets of plywood. It's not really meant for that. But that's what I'm kind of what I use it for. So I need. I something. have a cabinet saw and I don't rip huge pieces of plywood on it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. Track saw, baby. Yeah, that's the thing. I the more I see people using those track saws, the more I think that's maybe a better route because I I've perfectly comfortable with circular saw dude like, a track saw and you can get cheap ones now you don't have to buy like a makita or festool anymore milwaukee yeah. sells one uh when even has one i don't know if it's any good but if you want to buy a cheap one when has it um, yeah and that might save me for the amount that i use my table saw it might save me because i just have to set like i just have to set it up on the workbench and then away i go because i do have a workbench in here so I mean, what are you going to use your table saw for? Sheet goods, right? Yeah. You're not doing a, joinery. No, it's the rip down sheet. You'd be much better served with a track saw then. Yeah. Track saw and then buy one of those foam things and just kneel on the ground and cut it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I got you. Yeah, you know, like those pink foam boards? Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Oh, even, Ry- even Ryobi's got one. Yeah, they all have it, I think. I know some people that bought the Milwaukee one. Um, I remember when everyone was getting them, but I haven't seen anyone raving about them or trashing them. So I'm sure it's decent, you know? Yeah. I'm just on, on the Home Depot here. The only uh, thing I would look into though, and it, this would be my only thing. It, I mean, maybe it's not worth it for you, Tony, but for somebody else who's like, oh yeah, Trexall sounds like a good idea. The thing I would look into is like my Makita has the same track as a festool 
DeWalt has one. It's a different track. I don't know if the Milwaukee one is different, but if you get one with a track that's similar to the Festool or the Milwaukee, then all the attachments that are made for those who have been around for a long time, you, you can find the attachments for your tracks. So if you wanted to have the track that runs on the edge, the way you don't have to line it up and measure every time, if you're cutting multiple passes, like they make a thing that goes onto the track and then goes off to the edge, like an edge guide. Gotcha. So every cut that you rip is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they make things like uh, 90 degree corners. So you know that when you set it up, it's 90 degree to the face that you're standing at. Like there's all these different things. And then tool holders, like the track holders for the walls, like that Joey makes and everything. Right. Most people make that for the two main tracks, right? Um, and you can go online and s- see what track style it is. But if it's the same track style as the Makita or the Festool, then you're pretty much in good shape for all the accoutrement if you're going to get into that game. Yeah, I'm looking at the Ryobi one. I'd say it's different. It doesn't look the same as what I've seen with the Makitas. Yeah, th- th- I mean, it'll work for you fine if you want to measure it. But if you do think you're going to want that stuff down the road, then I would look into getting a track system that offers all that stuff that you'd want. And it may be worth spending a little money. Maybe not for you, Tony, but for a woodworker who's listening. Yeah. No, I, well, that's the thing too. I was just looking at it here and it popped up. Um, is it Craig? K R G E? Yeah, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> that's E G, not G E. Um, they have a, they have a track that's meant to fit a, you just put your saw in it. Yeah. That yep. probably worked great for me. Cause, well, that's what I'm looking at. Like even to buy the Ryobi track saw is, is, uh, Oh, what is it? It's four, you know, four fifty just tool alone, and then to get the the uh, it's a fifty inch circular saw track guide from Craig is one hundred and twenty nine bucks. You could do that for about uh, eight dollars. So if you take a piece <laughs> of plywood, yeah. right, and you rip a thin strip or a piece of angle iron or whatever, yeah, you have I've a thin seen, strip. I've seen that too. And then you mount it to a piece of plywood and then you butt your thing up and you cut it and then you have a straight line and then that's your track and your skill saw works on it. I did that for years before I bought a track saw. Yeah. It really depends on how thick of a thing. Like if all you're ever going to cut is sheet goods, yeah, those things are fine, right? Like the homemade tracks and the ones that go underneath your saw. But like for me to have a track saw was to get the almost two inches of blade that you can get on a track saw. Yeah, well, that three was three inches th- or whatever the amount is. Well, that was con- one of the things I looked at with the um, the Ryobi. It says it's a, only a six and a half inch blade. Yeah, so that's small. It, that that seems small to me because usually you're you're what seven and a quarter. Yeah, on a circular saw, and I don't know what a track saw is. I I assume they're very similar in size. Yeah, they're small. I mean, you could buy bigger ones, but like yeah. Festool has two sizes, I think. I think I'll look into, I think that might be a better idea for me other than to, you know, dive into another table saw kind of thing. For the amount, I've had this table saw, oh, geez, 10 or 12 years, probably 12 years. And yeah, I've done, I've done very, very little with it, to be honest. Then don't buy another table saw. Yeah. Buy a track saw or try the Craig thing for a hundred dollars is worth it, you know? Yeah. I just let you put it on Facebook after a year and get rid of it for 50. Yeah. 
I mean, I've done some trim work with the table saw, which was nice to be able to do a few like longer cuts. I made a garbage box years ago and I actually trimmed the edges, like put 45s together to give you a trim piece. And I like that, but that was, man, that was a pain. That was painful and scary. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, woodworking's tough. It takes finesse. Yeah. Do I look like a finesse guy? <laughs> no, you look like a blacksmith. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, it's uh, it's been a fun project so far. I've got about, I probably got eight to ten hours in it. Uh, I say I got to make that. Uh, I got to make the uh, the bed and everything for the for the router, and then get a router. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't make the bed until you get the router. Yeah. No, that's where I got to yesterday i didn't touch it at all today uh but yesterday on saturday i spent uh yeah it was probably five or six hours total but, you know you could do too and uh i don't want to go down a whole another rabbit hole of suggesting more tool purchases but <laughs> once you have the router you can buy like an aluminum plate for the router so that you can make like when you build that that table that's going to be for your uh table saw yeah on, you can build like a wing on it or on the outfeed side, you can put in like one of these aluminum p- plates that the router bolts to from the bottom. And then oh, you it have gives you a router a table. Yeah. Router table. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. That'd be all right. And then if you're making your, your like fire pokers or whatever and you want to put a wood handle on it or something, then you have the like a router table to round off the edges and all that stuff right there. Yeah, I, I see having a router being a very nice to have kind of thing. And if I find if I use this one more i might pick up like the trim one for yeah. other smaller jobs but it definitely definitely where the tool makes it a little easier <laughs> to get the job done yeah for sure because now well now that i got that project started and we've so with my switch to iphone we now have a family <laughs> list that everybody can add and subtract to or from and great for groceries great for all that stuff and it's even better for the honeydew list because that's goddamn long (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even joking oh iphones are great oh my tony is showing me a list where it says home renovation and he's still scrolling (laughs) and and you notice that there's only one yellow dot (laughs) i I did notice that yes i did notice that uh, I hope my wife skips this episode. Otherwise, I'm going to have a honeydew list like that. Yeah. Well, some of it, some of it isn't like particularly for me because some of it's like windows and doors, which I'm not doing. That yeah, I got kind you. of stuff like that. But yeah, it's um, it's always rough when you see it in writing. Oh, she started, and I was like, "Are you still going?" <laughs> like ten minutes later, she's still writing. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> That's actually a good idea. I, I should probably start one with the wife yeah it's not a bad idea for it it kind of helps what i noticed it's it's helping us kind of get started and we talked about motivation and it's helped me a lot with getting motivated again to get to get some of the stuff done so and uh and make what you fear also usually motivates me somewhat to get get going so no it's good i i i i often uh i often find myself like 
like just kicking around out in the shop, making a mess when I should be cleaning. When if I had, you know, a list like that, I could just be like, oh, let me work on that today. You know, because I can't sit still for too long. I can only watch like a couple, like an hour of TV before I'm like, I got to do something. Let's keep moving. Yeah. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> well, I can I'm veg- not saying I, I don't have the out for a while. <laughs> I veg out and do nothing for a while. I did that. Uh, I did that yesterday, and I wish I hadn't. And then a little bit today, I finished. The, I, I watched uh, Gran Turismo. I split it over two days, but I watched it. It was pretty good. Oh yeah, it was good. I got That's. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying it's. Oh, everyone needs to go watch it. But you know, for a time waste movie, it's pretty good. Gotcha. Yeah, we've been. We've been on. Uh, you remember the series Chuck? I remember. I've heard of it, but I would never watched it. No. Like he works. He works at a. They call it a buy more, but it's like your typical like box store, electronic store. Okay. And he gets some sort of spy computer jammed in his brain. And anyways, it's like he's not he's not your typical spy, so he's like clumsy and awkward, and it's kind of fun. Huh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, we were, we started watching it years ago, and then we got off of it, and then we've just rewatched. We're starting to rewatch the entire thing. We're in the season four right now. I think there's only five seasons. It's pretty good. It is a time waster, though. Like, you're not sitting there watching every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you think we uh, we thank those patrons? I suppose we could do that. All right. So we'll start here with uh, Corey of Odyssey CNC, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Full Steam Design by Chris Powell, William Archer Photography, David Beck with Makes, NB Woodfinery, and our top tier we have Eastbook Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence of Maritime Ed Johns of ButtJoints.com, Adam of Uncle Sam Metalworks, Brian Housewort of Workfort Podcast, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Brad of Brad's Customs, David and Joanna at Wido Works, Chad of Chad's Custom Creations, Ryan of Gnome Hammer Forge, David of DW Wood Builds, Matt of First Duke Construction, Daniel and Drizzy, and Andrew of Hatch Made It. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all. It's always fantastic to hear that full list. Yes. So I know we mentioned what you're working on for Make What You Fear, but I don't know if we mentioned the Make What You Fear challenge yet on this episode. Not but really. <laughs> it is a challenge uh, we put on uh, once a year, and it goes for a few months. It ends... March 31st? Yep. It ends on March 31st. The theme for this year is to challenge yourself with a new material you've never worked with, a new process you've never done, or to redo a project that you have failed at. The idea is to challenge yourself. It doesn't have to be something you are fearful of. Um, That's just a catchy title. It's a catchy name at this point. (laughs) Yeah. This year we have uh, a bunch of sponsors that are on board. I hadn't been mentioning it, but I probably should have been on the last few episodes, but Sabretooth is on board. They're giving away a prize pack um, to the winner. Maker Camp is on board. Housemaid is giving an item. Um, help me out here, Tony. There's a bunch of them. T- uh, yeah. a, a T9 Bow Shield yeah. is giving away a prize pack. Total Boat. Total Boat's giving away a prize pack. And we did mention Maritime is right as well, right? And maritime, obviously, yeah, yeah. And uh, our new edition is Ryan over at Gnome Hammer Forge. 
Uh, I want to I want to read what he wrote to me. He said to count him in something. We go. Oh, we text a lot back and forth. So I was in the wrong account. <laughs> it was on the working hands account. He said, put me in for a hammer set for the prize. So I don't know what a hammer set is, but uh, Ryan is on board as well. Anybody else, Tony? No, that's that's our list. As we've said, we're continuing to work at a couple other deals. Uh, some have fallen through. Some are still in progress, and we will keep announcing new sponsors as we go. It'll be winner take all. The idea is to challenge yourself. We need to see five posts at, at a minimum, five posts about your project. Um, I know five seems like a lot, but this, this should be a challenging project, so five posts should be easy along what you're doing. Um you must tag, and I can't stress this enough, you must tag Working Hands Podcast in that post. Hashtags are unreliable. We do have a hashtag, which is MWYF2024, or Make What You Fear 2024, uh, which is great and all, but uh, in order for us to see it and track it, you must tag Working Hands Podcast as a, as a tag in there, not as in your comment, actually Go before you post, go down to tag people, tag working hands podcast. That's the only way we will ensure that we will see it and keep it within the judging criteria for the challenge for anyone who's following along. You can, you can follow along on the hashtag and you can also follow along by going to working hands podcast and go over to that. The third thing all the way on the right, that looks like a person that'll be the tag post. And you should be able to see all the entries there. If that's not clear, I, uh, I, d- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to help you. Please tag Working Hands Podcast. Yeah, um, and it must be a post. Stories are great, and we love when people tag us in stories, but you must tag Working Hands Podcast in the post as well so we can track it because this is a three-month-long project, and we don't want to lose your entry by you not being tagged. That would be horrible, especially because I know you're all making awesome projects for this challenge. Did I miss anything for your challenge there, Tony? <laughs> My challenge. It's our challenge. <laughs> um, no, um, we're I'm good. We're all good. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to I'm excited to get my project done for starters. Yeah. But yeah, it's exciting to see to see that, uh, or at least here right now, we're not seeing a lot of people, but we're hearing a lot of people talking and organizing. We're still only like week two at this point, so yeah, I hear a lot of people are pretty much all gone down the same path for one of the things so we got ourselves a little oh, challenge really? there yeah yeah i'll talk about that in the after show because i don't okay. want to make everyone feel to do the same thing gotcha i also in the after show i want to talk about um what i think i may do but as you know i'm going to do like two or three things for make what you fear so one of them i want to talk it out with you see if it's worth it <laughs> okay um but yeah also uh i know we read our patrons a little bit before that but uh, if you are a patron or become a patron now, you are entered into a monthly giveaway by Gnome Hammer Forge where he makes a custom Gnome Hammer hammer uh, each month and he gives it away. Uh, currently, unless you want to buy a production hammer from uh, housemade.us or Maritime Knife Supply, the only way to get a Gnome Hammer hammer, a custom Gnome Hammer hammer, is to pay a lot of money or to join our Patreon or the other podcasts that he supports in the same way. And you could possibly win one. So those podcasts are Working Hands Podcast, 
uh, work for it. Makeshift and Clamp is the newest one that is on board for that giveaway. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Ryan was over, over. He was on an episode over there. So if you don't know who Ryan is, you can listen to a recent episode of Clamp and uh, go hear all about Ryan, or go back to our, our past episodes when we've had him on. What's he been on here two or three times? Uh, twice for sure. Yeah, he's one of our Rat Pack guys, so he comes back every now and then. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, uh, that's about it for me, Tony. You got anything else before we head on over to the after show for the patrons? No, I got to save stuff for next week, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to do one of these again next week. Yeah, so. All right, if you have questions about it, you can, uh, about the challenge, you can reach out to Working Hands Podcast on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. You can also email working hands podcast at gmail.com. If you want to find Tony, he's at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. I'll see you guys. Oh, don't forget to rate and review and please <laughs> share the show with all of your friends. That's the only way for growth are those three things rating, reviewing, and sharing the show. Yeah. Uh, there's no algorithm out here pushing us. So if you want your friends involved and make what you fear and why wouldn't you? It's nice to to, to beat them at a competition. So, um, here the show with that, we're going to head on over to the after show. Talk to you guys next week. Later.